Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Salon Owner School podcast. This is Sam Huber, the CEO here at Pip University, and we have such a special episode for you this week. So myself and Pip University professor Anna Lambert, who is also the creator of the Woo Hairstylist brand and podcast, did an interview for her podcast last month and we wanted to share it on here as well. So we hope you have as much fun listening as we did recording. Enjoy. My guest today is Sam Huber, CEO of PIP University, a salon business education company for salon owners with a team. They help teach solid business foundation structure and leadership coaching skills so that owners come from an abundant mindset that in turn creates success, freedom, and ongoing wealth in their business. Maybe you don't want to work in the salon 24-7, so you could actually enjoy guilt-free weekends. You may find yourself all over the place and need direction in your life. You're super disorganized and you don't even know where to start. If you've had hairstylists leave you and don't understand why, this might be just what you need to hear. Today, Sam teaches on four takeaways. What stylists are buying into for 2022 working at a salon? Why it's so important to get clear on your vision? How to create and connect with your vision, what it looks like? and how not to let outside influence block you from what your vision is and what it is you want to create in your life. We then wrap it up with inspiring wisdom to get past limiting beliefs we all have. And let me tell you, I was hanging on to every word she was saying. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. But I'm really excited that I have Sam Huber on my podcast. Sam was my mentor, a little backstory, uh, but she was my mentor when Pip University had a course called Rich Life Hairstylist. So I was very lucky to have her lead me and guide me every step of the way. At this point, Pip University focuses on education for salon owners and they are doing this, they are blowing up, and they're noticing major, major success with the students that they have. So Sam, I am so happy that you're here. And if you could just start by sharing a little bit about your background, how you got involved in this industry, and how you and Heather connected and created PIP University. Of course, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've had our interview um, on our, my calendar for a couple of weeks. And I have just been so excited to connect with you. I'm just so thrilled to see everything that you're doing and everything that you're creating. I know that we've, we've been, we've known each other for almost four years and just to see where you were and to hear about your dreams and to see them coming to fruition. It's just, it's just so awesome. So I'm so thankful and honored to be on here with you because you've just been working for it. And I'm just, I'm so thankful. So thank you for having me too. But um, yeah, so really quick, just a little bit about me. So I um, got started in the industry when I was 2000 and no, I was 16 and it was in 2008. And I started working at an Aveda salon in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was my first job. I was uh, one of the receptionists there. And I didn't really, I didn't, that was my first job. Like I didn't really have, you know, like a plan of, Oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, go and work at a hair salon and then go to beauty school. Like my plan was to go to college. You know, I wanted to be a nurse anesthetist, which was I'm like, I don't even know where that came from, but I wanted to be a nurse and that's what I was going to do. But my dad told me if you want to get a car and have a car payment, you get to get a job. So that was the job that I got. 
um, at Pure Salon Spa in Louisville, Kentucky. And that is how I met Heather. Um, she had just started as an apprentice. She had just graduated hair school, I think in 2008. That was her first job at the salon. And we just became immediate friends. We were super close. We worked together there for about four years. And then I um, left the salon to finish school. I was going to be, I started bartending. I just, my school hours were a little bit crazy. So it just made sense for me to, you know, and I'm using the air quotes right now uh, to close that chapter of my life because I thought, Oh, I'm going to start, you know, going into college. I'm going to go be a nurse. I'm going to do all these things. Like this is what I'm going to be focusing on. Well, unbeknownst to me that uh, part of my life and working at pure was going to be the catalyst for what I, what I do for the rest of my life. So Heather opened up her salon Neat Beat in 2013. I was still in school, still bartending. And when they moved into their bigger location, she asked me to just come in and work part-time. I mean, not even part-time, like 12 hours a week, um, because they had just started using salon biz, which is a salon software. And I knew it very well, like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working there for her on the front desk, you know, 12, 15 hours a week, just to kind of help her and her team that she had on the front desk get acquainted, um, just help her out. Because like I said, we were still super, super good friends. Um, and that led to me starting to work there full time. I remember uh, Heather called me up. It was a di- one day in May and she was like, can you meet me at Starbucks? I want to, I want to ask you something. So I'm like, sure, I'll be up there in just a minute. And she was like, what would you think about if you left your job at Drake's was the bar that I was working at and started to work full time for Neat Beat for the front desk. And I was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Like it just made so much sense for me to do that because I loved the atmosphere that Heather had created. I loved the team. She was my best friend. Like we worked, we've always just worked very well together. So I started working there full time in 2015. And after a few months, I remember calling my mom and I was like, I'm dropping out of school again and I'm going to work at the salon and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is, you know, the career that I'm going to be having. And it, and it was a little bit scary, um, you know, because I, this was like my, I'm not kidding you, my fourth time dropping out of college because I had dropped out to switch majors, I think like three times before that. And all of, you know, it was getting to, I was like probably 22, 23. So it was like getting to the time where I should be graduating but I just couldn't, I just was not passionate about anything that I was learning in school. And I, I couldn't, the vision wasn't there for me of what, you know, what do I think about doing for the rest of my life that gets me really excited. And when I thought about it, it was working at the salon. And so I really did have to put my ego aside because I was, you know, caught up, I was young, I was caught up in that comparison mode of, you know, seeing all my girlfriends graduating and, you know, getting accepted into dental school and being dental hygienists and moving to Chicago and going to work for these, you know, um, big four companies. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to quit college and be a a salon manager. Like I had that, you know, um, that less than not, that was not worthy enough conversations going on in my head of what are people going to think about me? Am I going to be able to make a living off of this? And I just remember Heather sitting me down in her office one day and she was like, you know, I'm going to support you no matter what, you know, no matter what you want to do, but I want you to think about this. Are you making this decision out of fear or love? And because I was, you know, debating on, am I going to drop out of school? Am I going to do this? And I looked at her and I was like, 
if I decided to go back to school, it would be out of fear. And she's like, why, why would it be out of fear? And I'm like, because I would be making that decision based off of lack, lack of, you know, I I think I need to go to college to, you know, make good money. I think I need to go to college and get a degree because that's what society says that you're supposed to do. Right. And, um, that conversation with her changed my life and it still impacts me, me to this day in any decision that I always make. I just go back, uh, to that, you know, 250 square foot office when she asked me that question, are you making this decision out of fear or love? And I'm so thankful um, that she had the compassion for me and the courage to have that conversation with me. Cause we were friends. I mean, we were best friends. We still are. Um, But for her to not just let me settle and sink back into mediocrity, I mean, it really did change the course of my life. And I have co-chills right now saying that just because I I mean, really, I would not be sitting here right now in this position if it wasn't for that conversation. Um, So that's how Heather and I met. Originally, we met at Pure. I started working for her salon in May of 2015. And then when Pip University started, uh, we started out in 2016, Heather started a Facebook group. And that's how everything kind of kicked off. She and I had went to Boston uh, to watch the Boston Marathon in 2016. Uh, she had, she was running a marathon in May of that year and she wanted to just go and get inspired, mm. uh, to, for herself to, to run her race. And we went and toured Harvard and she was like, oh my gosh, like, this is what Pip University is all about. This, we, the beauty industry needs like that Ivy league education, that Harvard education. And that, so that's how she came up with the idea for Pip University. Um, so in the beginning phases, like I said, it was just, it, we were just an online Facebook private Facebook group. Um, we had one for salon owners and one for hairstylists and Heather had spent some time doing some in-person classes, uh, for the first like two years doing just speaking engagements. She created a ton of free content for the Facebook group and just YouTube videos and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in 2018 is when we decided to create our, our first online course, uh, which became Rich Life Hairstylist. And once that kicked off, um, Heather and I had a very uh, fierce conversation again, just because I think that she could tell that my, not my passion from the industry was slipping, but I wasn't being challenged enough um, as the manager at Nifid. I, I needed that spark to to do something else, but I knew I wanted it to be in the beauty industry. And so that's when Heather was like, you know, do you want to come on full-time for PIP and be the CEO? And I'm like, what? the CEO. I'm like, we don't even, we're just a baby. Like I'm just a baby. Um, but so I did, I did that and I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. We had never done anything in the online marketing world at all. I didn't know what a funnel was. I didn't know what, how to build an email list. Like we didn't know any of this. Um, but you know, that those first couple months were probably some of the most exciting months of my life because I had no idea what I was doing. I went from being very good at what I did being, you know, the manager, I knew, you know, the salon systems in and out. I knew how to coach it like very, very well. And then so going to doing something that I had no experience in at all. Um, it was scary, but it was also just so exhilarating. And there was this spark in me that I hadn't had before of, Oh, this is, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, this is what it feels like to wake up in the morning and be like so pumped, you know, to get to work. And even though, you know, Heather and I didn't necessarily know how it was going to look like we knew the vision and we knew the outcome that we wanted to, to create. And that is what led 
us to just keep taking action, keep taking action. And, you know, no matter how many trial and errors that we had, because there was, a, there was a lot of error and a lot of trial, you know, we eventually figured it out and um, we continue to figure it out every day. We're constantly, you know, trying new things and updating new things. But yeah, so Rich Life Hairstylist was born out of that. And Anna, that's how you and I got connected. So yeah, that's the... Absolutely. I That's love the backstory. Oh, I'm telling you. And, and I love how you said, talk about the vision, right? So it, it doesn't matter for you guys. It was PIP university. It was like, okay, what is the ultimate goal? And so for owners or hairstylists or anyone that's listening to this, what is the ultimate vision, you know, that you want? Because when you do have that, what I have also learned, Sam, and it's so funny, you're talking about it is, you know, once you have that vision, then you work backwards, right? Instead of like, you need clarity to know where you're going. So yeah, that, that is awesome. And it's a learning process. It always is. Doesn't matter if you're a hairstylist, a salon owner, a digital course creator, whatever the thing, it is a work in progress and it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be smooth. That's how you grow and all the things. Um, I did want to, before we, we got into more of what PIP University is about, what it could do for people. But I really want to get into first a little bit of clarity. So for those that may not know, that may be listening to this, but what is the difference between independent stylists, booth rental owners, and salon owners with a team-based salon? Because there may be somebody listening to this that's like, what do you, well, salon owner, you have a staff or a booth rental owner. What could that look like? Because there's so many different ways that this business could go. So could you explain the difference between each of those three? Yeah, absolutely. And this is just my, my opinion, my perspective. I'm sure some people may have a differing opinion, but just from, from my own understanding. So when you are a salon owner with a team and that's who we work with and that's who we serve in Rich Life CEO is that your staff or your team members are all W-2 employees. So when they come to work with you, the tax documents that they fill out, that you submit to the government uh, for payroll, that those team members file as a W-2 employee. And that could mean that they are making commission. They could be getting paid salary, getting paid hourly, but how they file um, their taxes uh, with the business is a W-2 uh, based employee. And then um, the other one is a booth rent salon owner. And so this could be, you know, a situation where a salon owner owns or leases a building and there's, you know, several chairs that that salon owner will lease or rent out to independent stylist who would be an independent contractor or a 1099 is the technical tax filing term for that. Mm -hmm. um, so different 1099 stylists are able to come in and work in that salon. So they're not by themselves, um, you know, in a suite, they are working with a community of people um, in the same building. However, they are independent, they're making, you know, they're taking home 100% of the revenue that they're making. And what one of their expenses that they get to pay is their rent right. to the salon owner that actually owns the salon. Um, and then the other one is like a, if you are a 1099 independent contractor and you lease a Sola suite or um, there, I know that like Phoenix Salon Suites is one here in Houston that I'm familiar with. Um, but that's, that's basically the difference from, again, from my own understanding is 
you have your independent or suite owner hairstylist. You have your hairstylist who rent a booth from a booth rental salon owner. And then you have your salon owners who own a salon that has W2 based stylists working or front desk for, for that company. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. You know, it's crazy because after COVID, it really turned the industry not upside down. I don't want to say that, but it changed a lot of things. And I understand that a lot of stylists have become independent. And so for salon, <laughs> salon owners, they're like, whoa, what is happening? You know, maybe they have lost people to going independent and opening up their own suite. Maybe people are, you know, and I think it had something to do with lack of control because no one had control. Like with mm-hmm. COVID, no one knew what the heck was going on. And, and one of the things I do have to say, and I remember Heather talking about this is that, you know what? Some stylists are meant to be on their own. However, they're, uh, by the way, guys, if you hear noise in the background, I'm getting my gutters fixed. So just ignore it. Uh, anyway, Ooh, hashtag real, real life and all this stuff. So sorry about that. But, um, she also said that there is a place, there are stylists that want to be part of a team. So there is still a place for a salon that has a team base type environment. Um, that is excellent, in my opinion, for stylists that are like, hey, I want to go in, clock in, you know, make my money and then leave because then the owner does all the marketing for you and they book you the clients and all the things. When you're on your own, you're doing, you're the talent and then you're also doing all the other, the marketing and, and, and the charging and the booking and all the other things that come with that. So there is a place. However, this is something I know you know, Sam, the industry is totally changing. And so one of the things that I remember Heather saying is that the owner has got to have a bigger vision for the people that work for them, a bigger vision, because if you don't, the likelihood of people saying, hey, you know what, I have these big visions, I'm just going to do it and create it on my own. That may be one of the reasons why they are they they leave, right? Yeah. So, you know, why in this day and age, why do you think it is important for salon owners to invest in learning about every aspect of their business and leadership skills? So in other words, like if owners don't invest in these types of programs, okay, whatever that looks like, and don't create these new skills, these new innovative skills that are so impactful and powerful, what are the possible negative long-term effects and why? Because I'm sure you've seen it. You guys are in it. And you talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah I, I think this is such a this is such a good question. And I'm gonna try my best to not give a lukewarm answer because this is something that I am really, really passionate about. And I think that, you know, with anything in life, whether it's our career, whether it's your health and fitness, whether it's your, you know, your diet and staying up to date on, you know health and nutrition or your mindset or your career or your relationships, it's things are always growing and evolving and, and getting better. And we are in a day and age where technology is evolving and growing at such a rapid pace. It's becoming such an integral part of all kinds of different companies. And then Anna, you also had mentioned how COVID really kind of came in and shifted the world, like not even the beauty industry, but just the world on such a, a different scale. And it really did, I think, made people really look at like, what am what am I really committed to? What am I really passionate about? And 
um, you know, if, what am I doing with my life? Like we had, everybody had so much time off work. They were able to try all these new hobbies and these new passions and, you know, really connect with people. And so I think it's important for salon owners to stay up to date on evolving business structures, strategies, mindset, coaching, leadership, coaching, because the industry, the beauty industry does not look or operate the way that it once did even 10 years ago. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago, it's completely different. And that comes from, I think, several things. Number one, technology, of course, um, but also the the mindset and the what motivates stylists to want to go to work. Um, it's, it's shifting and it's evolving. And so as a salon owner with a team, you know, it's no longer going to be good enough to just have this business and be like, okay, who wants to come and work for me? And like, I'm the boss, so I'm going to tell you what to do. And, you know, I'm going to take this percentage and you're going to get this. And there's really these kind of, uh, this gray area that the stylist doesn't really know, like they're not clear on what's coming out of their paycheck. They're not for sure on, you know, what is the salon owner doing with the, the percentage of commission that they're getting. Um, there's not a strong vision that is conveyed to the team that the stylist is able to buy into. And that's important. That's important. Um, now I think it's always been important, but I think especially in this day and age that we're in 2022. Um, and I think even moving forward, people want to work for a company. They want to work with a leader that has a vision that is so strong that that person can buy into that vision and say, Oh, this, this feels good in my heart. Like if I was going to create a business, this is what I would want to be working for. This is the, uh, the core values. This is the mindset. This is the culture that I would want to create. And when a salon owner is able to do that in such an authentic and integral and transparent way, it's easy for for somebody like a hairstylist to, to come into that culture of a team and think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, I have growth opportunities here. The sky is the limit. You know, there's, there's a chance for me to, you know, buy in and become a partner or invest. I can make as much money as I want. The sky's the limit. Like she's not going to cap me at a certain amount. Um, but the vision has to be there because that is what people are buying into. They're buying into that vision. They're buying into the culture. Um, and without that, it's very difficult to, create trust or to create loyalty, to create motivation within your team. If you are leading from a space of, oh yeah, we're just, you know, I don't really know what, you know, I don't really know what the vision is. I don't really know, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, we'll increase your prices every six months. You'll get a commission bump, but I don't really know how that looks. And those, those growth paths aren't laid out clear enough. Well, of course, it's going to be hard to retain a team member like that because that's, it just feels kind of empty. You know, like there's that, there's not that lack of um, motivation or growth isn't there when the salon owner doesn't really even know what the vision is. Of course, it's going to be hard to enroll somebody else into that when we're not, when we're not clear on what the vision is for our own companies. And so kind of to wrap this up and I think it's important for salon owners to invest in education definitely I mean of course with Pip University because we you know we believe in that so much that's what our core values are based on is that cultural aspect and really creating passionate and um authentic 
leaders who are generous and who are transparent and who want to create win-wins for both themselves and their team um, that really come from a ser- from a servant's heart and an abundant heart. We strive to create owners like that because when we have owners like that, we create businesses that are like that, which then fosters the support for the hairstylist to be able to make that money as well. But even if it wasn't Pip University, just there's so many, there's so many amazing um, coaching companies out there, in, you know, for independent stylists, for booth journal stylists, there's, there's so much great material out there. So I think it's important to always be learning because things are always changing. And if you don't learn and you don't grow and you don't evolve, you're going to find yourself one day behind, behind and you're not, you know, keeping up with what people want. Um, and it could go, you know, insofar in your social media marketing and, you know, not knowing how to make reels because that's, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing right now. In six months, it could be something completely different. Reels couldn't, you know, may no longer be the the big yeah, thing anymore. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just important to always be learning and growing and uh, not being so rigid and stuck in your ways and resistant to oh, well, I don't want to do that. Or that, you know, I've been in business for 20, 25 years. I'm going to do everything that I've always done. And it's like, well, that's great. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. But just know that staying comfortable and staying in what you know, it, it may not work forever. And so we get to be open to learning new things and learning new methodologies, learning new business strategies, um, because that's what's going to, that's what's going to help us accelerate in, yeah, into the future sure. and to always just keep growing and keep evolving. So yeah, yeah, I hope that answered that question. No, that that you answered that beautifully. And um, so I do want to add something to this because, and listen, guys, yes, do I work for Pip University? Yes, I do. But I will say I follow and believe in people that walk the walk and talk the talk. And what I can say is that Heather and Sam they are excellent examples of what this looks like. So it's not that you're teaching this and you don't embody it. You guys mm-hmm. embody it every single day, every single minute that we have interacted in that I've seen you. It shows up in the lessons. It shows up in the accountability. It shows up in how you show up for us. And I love that about PIP. And what I will say as someone that works for PIP University that is employed by you guys is that I will go above and beyond for you guys. So the fact that you represent what you teach, whoever is in your program, they will go above and beyond for their people. And I promise you, they those people will have your back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everything that Sam's saying is, is right on point. And Sam, for again, anyone who's listening, you know, what would you say are, let's say three big takeaways that someone could maybe get started with now or something that you'd want them to leave with before we wrap this up. Yeah. And I would say, and are you wanting this from a perspective of, because I feel like we've been talking about vision a whole lot. So maybe somebody that is wanting to start their own business or is that kind of what the takeaways that you're wanting? This could literally be, let's say someone that maybe is a salon owner already. Um, Okay. This could be someone that is thinking of becoming a salon owner because huh. they maybe they are in a in a suite and they feel lonely or they have this bigger vision where they want to create a team. So I guess both because I know this can go in so many different directions. Um, no, I think I'm good. I think I think I'm tracking with you. Okay, okay. I, I would say the number, and this can be applied to any to anything. I think 
the first one would be to get clear on what your vision is. Um, and that could be for yourself and your career. That could be for the company that you want to create. That could be for the team that you want to create. That could be what the vision is that, um, you know, the guest experience that you want your guests to experience. It's get clear on that vision. And your vision is something that is so powerful that no matter how you wake up feeling in the morning, that that vision is what is pulling you forward. Because, you know, we talk about, you know, motivation is fleeting and we're going to wake up motivated as hell to get out of bed and we're excited to go to work. And, you know, we're going to have a good day and the sun's out, the birds are chirping and everything is great and glorious. And then we have those days where we wake up and the last thing that we want to do is get in the shower and put a full face of makeup on and go into work and have meetings or whatever that looks like. So we can't rely on motivation. And when, when motivation is not there, that is where a strong vision and a foundation in that vision will pull you forward, even on, on your worst days and even on the days where that motivation isn't there. And that's how I think powerful having a strong vision is. And the companies who are the most successful and the most thriving, their visions are clear. And so the first thing I would say is get clear on your vision. And people are people think that that's so you know, woo woo or meta, it's like, it really doesn't have to be that hard. Just get out a notebook and think like, what am I, what am I committed to creating Hmm. for my life, for my business, for my family, for my guests, for my team, I am committed to creating and then just free flow and write and just don't filter yourself out. And then, you know, take that piece of paper, if you type it out on your laptop, look at it and see what really stands out to you that when you read it, what makes, what makes that your heart flutter and that gets you really passionate. That's, what your, that's what your vision is. Um, and one thing I'm going to add to that is even if your vision is big, right. And you're looking at it like, Ooh, I don't even know if I want to say that's my vision. Cause how the hell am I going to make that happen? It's like, that doesn't matter. doesn't matter. The how does it matter? Whatever your vision is and whatever lights you on fire, don't let, how am I going to make that happen? Or, Oh, this isn't possible in my town, or I'm not going to be able to make that money because this person says this and whatever, like, don't worry about the how your vision is your vision. And it was given to you divinely. You were born with that vision in your heart. So just trust that that's there and that you wouldn't have even had the thought of that if it wasn't possible for you. Right. Yeah. That's the first one. Um, the second one would be kind of ties in with the vision, but don't, don't let other people in comparing yourself to other people, either drive your vision or take it away from you. And what I mean by that is don't say that you want something just because you see all of these other people doing it and you think, oh, that might be easy or I could do that without the passion being there. Like if you're doing something just because that's what you know looks easy and that's what everybody else on Instagram is doing and comparing yourself to them, make sure that your vision and what you're wanting to create is truly in alignment with what you're wanting to do on the flip side of the coin. If you do have a vision and you share it with somebody and you have this, this passion for it and somebody tells you, Oh, that'll never work. You you can't do that because of this and that block that out. It's almost like you want to put blinders on your, uh, over your eyes. And, um, I'm like, I'm from Kentucky. So I'm thinking Kentucky Derby. And you know, when the horses have the little blinders on, they yeah, can only yeah. see what's in, what's in front of them. That's yep. kind of what I'm visioning when I'm saying that right now. It's like, don't let outside influence either 
you know, you comparing yourself to wanting to be like other people, which, you know, being inspired by people in our industry is great, but don't do something just to, just to do it because other people are doing it. And that's what you think that you're supposed to do. Kind of like me going to college. It's like, I was literally going to college because all my friends did. <laughs> Like, yeah, because that's what you're supposed that's to That's what you're supposed that, to do. And it's yes. so funny because it's such a general generational thing. You know, it was yes. passed on to our parents and then their parents to their parents, and it's so different now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like just if if some if you want to do something that's completely different from anybody in your high school, in your, you know, in your friend group, in your state, in your city, like do it. Like it doesn't matter what other people think. And I think the older that I get, I realize literally nobody even thinks about you. We just think that other people think about us, but really yes. they're just thinking about themselves. Oh, so it's just so do it, you know? true. We, we make all this stuff up in our we heads. We make it it's be so about ourselves. annoying. Yes. But once you really understand it, it's like, you're like, oh, it's, it's all the lies we tell ourselves in our brain. It's all the thoughts that come up that our brain offered us. And it is just so not true. And people take it way too personable. Yep. And it's like, no, guys, they're, it's like you said, Sam, they're not even thinking about you. It's yes. just what you think. You're assuming yes. you don't know the truth, you know? Yes. So it's just incredible. Yeah. Okay. That's, so yeah. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Did you have to add Oh, no. That? No, I'm good. No. Nope, okay. Good. So I am going to end it with this one question. With all that you've experienced in life and business, if you could go back in time, what advice or words of wisdom would you tell your younger self? And you're young, but what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> my young, my young, my young, young self. I think you're I would young. say yeah, that um, failure is not evidence that you're doing the wrong thing or that you're on the wrong path. I just, just read this book by John C. Maxwell. It's called failing forward. And my biggest takeaway from him is that failure is not evidence that you're bad, that you suck at what you're doing, that you're doing the wrong thing, or that your idea is a bad idea. Failure is literally a neutral event, right? Like it doesn't, we place that bad or negative con connotation on failure as something bad, but really it's, it's just evidence telling us, well, that didn't work. So now we get to try something else. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's yes. feedback that we're, that we're getting on. Okay. I tried this, that didn't work. I'm going to try the next thing. And one of the things that John C. Maxwell says in that book, it's like the more times that you fail, the better, like mm -hmm. the more times that you can fail and get out there and take action and try something the more likelihood that you're going to have to succeed versus if we just don't try at all because we're so scared that what we're going to do isn't going to work, we never end up doing anything. Or, you know, if we try a couple times and it, and it doesn't work out, so then we just stop. It's like, who knows if the next thing that you would have tried would have been the thing that made it happen. And so to my younger self, that's what I would say is that don't, don't let the mm -hmm. fear of failure or actual failures that we look at as a, as a failure keep us from, from moving forward and trying the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to me, I looked at me dropping out of college as a, as a failure. And I let that um, be a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. And it really did create this sense of not good enough, imposter syndrome, who am I to do this? Like, I'm not really that smart, you know, and I, I held on to that uh, for many years and re really recently have just started to kind of heal, heal that, that thought and get past that limiting belief. 
So I think definitely I would tell my younger self, like, honey, no. Failure is literally evidence that you are trying and that you're doing the thing. So that's, I think that's the number one thing that I would tell myself. Excellent excellent advice. And and something that I'm going to pass on to my daughter because, and I I do my best, right? With all that we learn and stuff, but that is an excellent um, lesson, you know, and something to, to say, Hey, you're not failing. You're just, just, it's just evidence to do it a different way. That's all that means. There's no, there's no such thing as failure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sam, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy lady and, you know, I really feel that a lot of people are going to get a lot of value from this. And, you know, once again, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. I love you, girl. I love you too. Thank you so much, Anna. All right. Bye. To find out more about PIP University, you can find them at pipuniversity.com. That's PIP-university.com or on Instagram at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode.